your friend, the therapist. On this podcast, we're skipping the small talk and working to destigmatize mental health through intimate conversations with everyday people about their mental health journeys and how they stay well in a world that feels like it's falling apart. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. My guest today is Jen Ellis. Jen is a licensed mental health counselor and has a virtual private practice in Massachusetts. She works one-on-one with folks in their 20s and 30s around anxiety, burnout, high sensitivity, and family of origin concerns. She also enjoys her work with folks in the helping professions. A big part of Jen's work is helping clients recognize their self-worth and values and becoming more compassionate towards themselves. Jen enjoys being with nature, recognizing the simple beauties around us, and spending time with her husband and two rescue dogs, Trudy and Lincoln. Welcome, Jen. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so happy to have you here. Um, I'm noticing a lot of similarities between our focuses, both professionally and personally. I'm sure we'll get to talking about the dogs. Um, Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But let's start with talking about what wellness means to you. So what does that mean to you and how do you stay well? Yes. So usually when I think of wellness, um, I go back to the simplest part. So the root. um, So the foundation, um, my basic needs. Um, So I think for a big part of my life, I lived on autopilot and I wasn't really in touch with what I needed. I was just kind of living life maybe based on what others needed from me or what uh, I thought I should be doing. And I was always sick. I was always stressed. I was always burnt out. So once I maybe found myself again or, um, really discovered my sense of self again, I started to become more aware of my body and, you know, what I needed. So that could look like, um, do I need water? Do I need to sit down? Uh, do I need to connect with someone? Do I need alone time? Um, do I need a weekend off? Do I need, uh, to exercise? Did I take my medication? right? So something really simple. So I would say basic, 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 returning to what's simple. Yeah, I yeah, I really appreciate that. um, That one wellness is not needing to spend a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. I, I talk a lot on this podcast about sort of dismantling the wellness industry, as if we need to buy things to stay well. Um, yeah, because the root, as far as I understand it, the root of the term self-care comes from like the medical world. And like, can you take care of your basic needs? Can you wash yourself? Can you take care of hygiene? Can you feed yourself? Like all of what you're saying, those are foundational to living life well or in a healthful way. Um, And you mentioned that you actually got sick a lot and like there were some real repercussions for not taking care of your basic needs. So I'm I'm curious what, um, like how you recognized that 
your basic needs maybe weren't always being met? Like, did you notice or did you know that there was a relationship between being sick and not meeting those more basic um, physical and emotional needs? Something comes to mind as we're, yeah, as we're talking about this. So I think like even having the privilege of like going away on a, a weekend trip with friends or family and one might think like that is so amazing and like so enjoyable. And I would either leave for the trip sick or come back mm -hmm. for, from the trip and be sick. And I would always be like, why is this? Like, this is a trip that should be restful and enjoyable. And I was always come back and be sick for at least a week. And I would never understand why. And then I started to think about it. And I think the trip itself was maybe so depleting for me because I was always living uh, by what others wanted for me, always doing things by what others needed for me. And I was never in tune with what I wanted. Um, mm. So until I really put the two together, I was like, maybe a trip for me is like spending time with others and reading a book, mm. spending time with others and going for a walk on the beach. Uh, yes. So I think once I connected the dots, then that really started to like dissipate in a way. Yeah, so. yeah. and I'm, I'm curious, I mean, you did just hint at this, but how maybe vacations or time off looks different now than it did previously in your life? Yeah, so many boundaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so many boundaries. I think just approaching it differently. And that doesn't mean I'm like a recluse and like I'm, I definitely identify as an introvert and um, touching on, you know, Liza's episode. Uh, podcast episode an HSP yeah. so like highly sensitive and yes. so I do need a lot of alone time um, but I have so many lovely supports in my life um, so I love spending time with people but in order to do that I need alone time and mm. so vacations look like me having my alone time in order to be with other people fully and like yes. in a way that's present right in a way where I can feel recharged. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had used the word before depleted. Like there's nothing left to give. And what we know about introverts, right, is that we are energized by alone time. Yeah. Um, at what point in your life did you realize that you were highly sensitive or have you always known? No, I think it was um, in therapy. My one of my therapists was like, "Yeah, I think you're highly sensitive." Like, and then I read a book, and there was like a quiz at the beginning, and I was like, 10 out of ten. Mm. Yeah, and it just like spoke to me in a way that nothing ever has, and I just like dove into books about it and was reading about it and. Yeah. Um, and then looking back at my life when I was a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, I would leave crowds and have migraines. Like I had chronic mm -hmm. migraines growing up. I never know why. And they were always linked to triggers, crowds, mm -hmm. bright lights, loud noise, a garage door opening, like, you know, really interesting things. And yeah, so... 
Yeah. And you mentioned um, Liza's episode. Liza is someone both you and I know. Um, And I will link to her episode in the show notes. Um, But I am curious what being highly sensitive means for you because it is, you know, it's not just a you're highly sensitive and you are this one way. Um, What is it like for you? What are some of the things that like stand out to you about being highly sensitive? Yeah. I try and look at it as a strength, um, not a weakness, like, because I think once I identified with it, I saw it, I think, as a weakness um, Mm. for a long time, even though many books I read and like many podcasts I listened to, it was empowering in a way, but I was, I didn't, I don't think I knew anyone at the time who I could relate to so mm. I think I felt alone in that so it and the word sensitive is is you're so sensitive like many people would tell me that growing up you're so sensitive um mm. get over it um so I really had to reframe that and like in my own therapy really had to reframe that so I try and frame it as like as strength as strength now of like I feel so deeply um Mm. any conflict uh, with someone I feel it tenfold um and I process it I think a lot more than maybe someone else would Mm. um I maybe dwell on it more than someone else would because I feel it so hard um I think sensory wise uh that tends to be the hardest for me that's what I feel the most Mm. so um lights uh sounds um things like that are tough for me um crowds noises yeah yes and again all the things that you said before were migraine triggers are related to being highly sensitive. I have migraines as well. And I also identify as highly sensitive. So it makes a lot of sense that we're not just highly sensitive on an emotional level, like attuned to people's emotions, but highly sensitive on like a nervous system level and a neurological level. It's like too much for our nervous systems to cope with at any given time. Yeah. Um, when we make my husband and I make smoothies and so he's he knows now like when he turns on the blender he was like he goes ears so I have I know like to put yeah to close my ears because it's just too much for me so there's certain things that are just too much so yeah um, so we work around it and that's okay right you learn to adapt your environment it sounds like to suit your needs whereas before you were kind of just chugging along getting sick feeling pain being overwhelmed in the world but not really knowing why or what to do about it mm-hmm. yeah. Mm, yeah oh I would love to hear a little bit more about how you help the folks that you work with um, whether they're highly sensitive, or I know you also work with some related areas of anxiety and burnout and family of origin. Um, I'm curious what approaches you use to support people. Um, and yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say the two things I really bring in is uh, act and self-compassion. 
And so even in my own life um, and with my clients, I really like working with values um, and bringing this back to wellness too. So like when we try and find out like, okay, bringing in wellness to someone's life, like what does wellness mean to you? Um, I usually like to start like, well, what makes you feel fulfilled? What makes you feel purposeful? What makes you feel invigorated? Um, and are you doing this like in a small way every day? Um, so yeah, I usually like to start with values. Uh, yeah. And act um, is acceptance and commitment therapy just for folks who aren't familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Um, and so what act really works on is like, um, so accepting any thought, any, uh, belief, any emotion, any feeling that comes up and actually leaning into it um, and not turning away from it. Um, Because if we lean into it, we basically tell our minds and our bodies, like, it's okay to feel this. And eventually what what comes will go, right? Because everything is temporary, nothing is permanent. Um, The only only thing that is permanent in this lifetime is that uh, all of us have a time when we will pass on, right? Not to be not to be too morbid, but that is the only thing that is inevitable yeah. for all of us. Yes. So everything is temporary. Everything that comes will go. Um, yeah. So really teaching ourselves that we can manage every emotion, every mm. thought that comes our way. Um, mm. And then really uh, pivoting towards valued behavior. So we can unhook, uh, we can unhook from a sticky thought um, by a value. So I really like helping clients figure out what their values are because many of us are not aligned by our values. And I was definitely one of those people who was very disconnected from myself. Mm. So figuring out what I valued. Yeah. How do you figure that out? The best way is looking at like, you can just do a, a Google search of like a values list. Like Brene Brown has one, but honestly, like any of the list, any of your listeners can do a, um, a Google search. Awesome. Um, so I, I have like, some, yeah, Brene Brown, I like hers. Um, but there's some prompts too, like that I usually do with my clients, but, um, thinking back to when you were a kid, like what you enjoyed, um, what made you feel alive when you were a kid, oftentimes our values don't change from when we were little children. Um, yeah so vivid memories you have um, role models you have is there a value that stands out that they would have Um, yeah I'm I'm curious if you're willing to share what some of your values are and how you came to discover those as values for yourself yeah yeah I would say freedom is one of mine for sure um being highly sensitive um i think i've learned i definitely need a space and a place and the freedom to um make decisions have like an exit plan um make my own schedule um so like i have a virtual practice i can make my own schedule i can determine a lot of things for myself and on my own 
Um, and that ties in with like a value of mine of adventure. So um, the ability to just say like, I want to go for a walk or like, um, let's go for a hike or I want to go drive and get a nice coffee somewhere. Mm-hmm. Take the dogs. Yeah. On a trail. Yes. Um, those are things I try and integrate every day. That keeps me well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that freedom and adventure. And I'm curious if you look back, like, like you said, in childhood, childhood, we're often living out these values. I'm, I'm wondering what little Jen um, was doing that, like, maybe our hints that like, oh, I value adventure and I value freedom. Oh, you know, what's so interesting that you mentioned this. So my favorite, favorite, any, anyone who knows me would say my favorite movie, it was like probably an obsession growing up was Alice in Wonderland. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Like I was obsessed with that movie because she adventured in Wonderland. So there was something so cool about her just, yeah, going down the rabbit hole and adventuring in Wonderland and seeing all this cool stuff. Just the coolest thing. Yeah, no, that is so cool. And it's, it's almost like I've been noticing um, as an adult, I'm sort of like back into magical realism. Like, I think it's really fun and playful. And it is that like, Alice in Wonderland was probably many of our first experiences with that magical realism. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. I, I'm curious how you adventure in all its many forms as someone who's highly sensitive, both from an emotional and from like a sensory perspective. How do you yeah. meet your needs while adventuring? Yeah, um, like while avoiding crowds so that probably looks like doing more research than a non-HSP into places and spaces that won't be super busy. Um, You won't see me at Disneyland anytime soon or (laughs) uh, anywhere super crowded. But um, yeah, I I love, I love nature. Um, But I do have to find some spots that um, are more off the beaten path. Uh, yeah. one of my dogs is also reactive, um, in some ways. So that's been interesting because we have to work with some of his triggers. Yes. Um, yes. But it's been like a cool learning opportunity, uh, mm. because he's kind of my buddy in a way. Cause like, I have mm. some, I have some triggers too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I have a reactive dog too. Um, And I know yours are both rescues. I imagine there's probably something in there. But I'm curious what you've learned from your dog's reactivity. Because it sounds like you have learned a lot from that relationship. And it can be a powerful one. So what have you learned? Oh my gosh, my patience for sure. But just like his body language and my body language and just like mm. regulating my body language because mm. I've struggled with anxiety and me being I think anxious he can pick up on and I think vice versa so mm-hmm. I have to regulate myself because um, we are like we will 
pick up on each other's stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, dogs are so intuitive. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I had a dog trainer tell me once, like, she, my dog, is reacting because you are so anxious right now. Like, the trainer could tell that my anxiety was influencing her behavior. It's like, I I heard once, I I think it's a book, um, Your Dog is Your Mirror, and I was like, well, that is so true. Um, yes, I learned so much from my dog. Um, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes our dogs are maybe like highly sensitive to <laughs> some of them. Um, they all have different like it. needs, sensitivity needs for sure. I could see it. I could see it. But they've taught they've taught me so much, and like I think just unconditional love over mm. over everything and self-compassion and um compassion for others or other animals right like mm. how do your dogs teach you self-compassion mm, yeah I think I am so hard on myself um so I think I think me being compassionate to them helps me be more self-compassionate mm. to myself in a way, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah. I think sometimes it's easier to be compassionate towards other people or things. Mm-hmm. So once I realized like that I can treat my pets with compassion and of course, like I love them so much. Um, I, I can talk to myself that way too. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I know you use self-compassion in your work with clients, and I I do too. And I often tell my clients that, like, the research actually shows us that being self-critical is not productive. It's not a good way to meet our goals and get things done, but that a self-compassionate approach, which is not being um, – it includes taking responsibility and acknowledging your mistakes. It's not like being um, overly easy on yourself, but it's this like real kindness and recognizing we are all human or we are all animals, right? In the case of compassion for dogs and that that's okay. That's just part of who we are. How do you use self-compassion in your work with clients? Are there things you'd want to add to what I just said about self-compassion? Yeah, I think what I, yeah, I think like speaking to um, common humanity is that like the, the humanness part of it, right? Is I think a lot of times clients think they're the only ones going through something and whether it's like an appropriate disclosure or normalizing their experience, like clients in their 20s, for example, like a lot of times many of them are going through the same thing like Mm. many of the clients I see are going through the same thing that one another is going through like if only I could just say like I've heard this three or four times today right yes (laughs) yes yeah so I think knowing or reflecting back to them like someone else is going through this too um yeah so the concept of common humanity. Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, animals can be another great way of bringing that in too, that yes, animals are different, but like 
okay, you have a reactive dog. I have a reactive dog. Our dogs are reactive and for a reason, right? So like I, I often use my dog as an example when I'm talking about what it's like to have a trauma response. Like I see her reactivity in a lot of ways as a trauma response. And so like there is an element of common humanity between species, right? That a client might be able to see, oh yeah, Janie, my dog has a response to other dogs because of what she went through before she came to me, right? So like, oh, okay, I have a reaction to X, Y, or Z because of my past experience too. Like that common humanity can feel sometimes a little more accessible with animals, I I think. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. And I know you're training one of your dogs to be a therapy dog. Is that right? Yes. I'm Lincoln. so curious. Yes. Okay. Yes. So he's he's the he's the big white one. Um so he's a great peer lab mix. Mm. And he is such a cuddle bug and so good. He's the one we're working through a few reactive triggers right now. So oh. yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that though, that yeah. the reactive, the dog with some reactivity is actually the one that's going to be like the therapy dog, the emotional support dog. Yeah. What yeah. about him versus your other dog made you decide like, this is a good fit for him to be a therapy dog potentially? My other dog is, she is good she just is not that interested in people she's well trained but she's just like I'm here like yeah you can pet me but I'm just like gonna be hanging like yeah yeah so he likes people loves loves people I think it's (laughs) mostly like the uh when he's on leash like out in the world we walk by a dog so once he's like settled he's great he'll cuddle up on you and he's so fluffy so oh and he's so big it's almost like speaking of sensory needs to like have a dog like rest their weight on you can feel so soothing yeah 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 I'm so curious how you plan to integrate him or how you do already um, as a therapy dog, because I know you have a virtual practice. Um, I, for one, whenever I'm on Zoom like this, my dog is like, just, she will not come in here. She's chilling on the bed. Like, this is my, this is my time. <laughs> this is, I imagine she's saying. So I'm curious how you plan to use him as a therapy dog in your practice or in other ways. I don't know yet. Um, he usually, so I have a couch in the background. They will sometimes both hang out on the couch back there. So mm. it's like sometimes a good buffer for clients. Uh, yeah. Just be like, oh, there's a box back there. Yes. Trudy and Lincoln. Like, yeah. So they'll see them back there. And even for new clients, it's like sometimes a good icebreaker. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and sometimes clients dogs will in their background so yes yeah it's another way of like connecting to each other's humanity because the screen can feel somewhat disconnecting at times to so to see glimpses of people's lives I think can be really sweet and really important yeah so they'll like Trudy will dig back there and she'll be happy happy rolling and they'll laugh and I'll laugh and it's like a really nice actually a really nice connection 
Yeah. I I have a in-person and virtual practice. So my dog does come in person with me and she is a really great buffer. Like you mentioned that, that sometimes it's like we need to either have something to lighten the mood for a second or to like, just like pull some regulation back in. And dogs are great for that because people will be in the middle of telling some of the hardest things they've done in their life. And she just like lets out the stinkiest fart and we just have to like, all right, we are just so present in this moment right now. And it just brings like some balance, some levity, some like not taking ourselves so seriously. I, yes, I could talk about dogs all day, every day. (laughs) One time I had an intake ripper client. One time my dog started humping each other and we were just, (sighs) I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's okay if you don't want to come back. It was just so (laughs) funny. That's like hilarious. they were like clearly in the background. Uh, <laughs> they don't care about professional boundaries. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, maybe on this note, we'll we'll sort of like wrap things up. And in doing so, however, I would love to hear like what you do either on a daily basis or at this season. Um to stay well or to enjoy life or to get that invigoration that you talked about before? What does that look like today? So winter, I'm like, I tend to hibernate. I'm in like my slower season of life, um, which is, which is okay. Right. Like talking back to like me, I was definitely like, go, go, go for a part of my life. And I'm slowing down and I'm not beating myself up for that. It's mm-hmm. what I need. Um, so I'm a big reader. So I like like psychological thrillers and uh, crime stuff and um, self-help books, of course, related to fantasy. Um, yeah. What's on your and, list? Oh, what's ooh. on your list right now? So I'm reading books by Lisa Jewell. I think her, her name is. Um, so she has like a lot of, I think they're like psychological thrillers, but they're, they hook me. So it's called like the family upstairs is the book. And then there's one that comes after that. Pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to add them to my list. That is one of my favorite hibernation activities too. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Walking. Love iced coffee all year long. (laughs) Very Um, New England of you. (laughs) So New England. Yeah um yeah I'm I usually like to follow sunshine I'm a big like warm weather person um so weather weather wise winters are usually harder for me so um snuggling up with a good book is definitely top of my list yeah Yeah. and connecting with my loved ones snuggling my pets yeah Yeah. do you have any self-help books that you're really loving right now or that sort of top your all-time list for books Mm. that you like Mm. I haven't started it yet but what's next on my list is journey through trauma Mm. you read that one yet I have not no Gretchen Schmelzer oh okay yeah I'll have to add that one too and I again I'll put that in the show notes um, journey through trauma. Awesome. 
looking forward to that one. And I'm reading, um, I'm almost done with this one, but Trauma Focused Act. It's a nice mm. act book, Russ Harris. Okay, awesome. I haven't done any training in acceptance and commitment therapy. So I I really enjoy though everything I've learned. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to dive into the world of of ACT. I really appreciate the focus on values and leaning into feelings and not um, judging them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question around the hibernation piece and winter often being a, a difficult time of year for many of us. I'm curious how you as a therapist or you as someone who hibernates, <laughs> what you recommend for folks to sort of ease into this season and take care of themselves? Yeah. Um, I would say like tend to what your needs are. Again, uh, return to the simple, like the simple, return to what's simple, return to the simple, the simple questions, yeah. what you may need, like your Maslow's hierarchy, your physiological needs. Um, mm. Yes. Basic questions for yourself. Do you need to eat? Do you need water? Do you have to take medication or supplements? Um, and, you know, from a non-judgmental, curious, compassionate place, mm. it may look different than summer, spring, or fall. Mm. If you tend to have a difficult time in winter, and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Again, that that lovely just leaning into it, that it's okay. We don't need to change it. We just need to work mm. with it. Mm-hmm. Mm, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Where can people find you if they are either, I don't know if you're taking new clients, but if they're looking for therapy in Massachusetts or just want to connect with you and, and your work, where can they find you? I have um, a small wait list right now. Um, so we have a website, uh, www.jenellislmhc.com and then an Instagram, which is um, Jen Ellis Therapy. Yes, I will link um, all these things in the show notes for easy access. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to talk about dogs too. (laughs) Always. This has been another conversation with your friend, the therapist. To follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at your friend, the therapist pod, and you can follow my work as a trauma therapist and yoga teacher on Instagram at Carrie Fillion Psychotherapy on my website, carriefillion.com. Take care and stay well.